Blog Talk Radio. Corruption. Greed. Xenophobia. White supremacy. A nation in the grips of a pandemic. Healthcare resources strained to their limits. An economy on the brink of collapse. And at the helm, a clueless con artist who cares more about his own re-election over saving lives. Join Liberal Dan Radio for Talk from the Left That's Right. Live Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan and 24-7 at liberaldan.com. We must unite to save this country in spite of this buffoon's ineptitude before it's too late. coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. You can also join us in the chat room on the episode page at blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. And if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on liberaldan.com on the show thread. Uh, Facebook.com slash Liberal Dan and at, Liberal, at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter. So we've got a bunch of topics to talk about this week. I haven't, I'm trying to get back into the whole swing of things as it pertains to the uh, bits that I do. And I do have two of them today. So haven't quite yet gotten back into the swing of things when it comes to doing headlines. I think if we did headlines, it would just be the entire show. But just something interesting I noticed today, I was watching, and I for a while I was doing live reaction videos to the president's press conferences on COVID-19 because hearing what he has to say, despite the fact that he's an inept buffoon, it's still he's the president of the United States, he's the one who's calling the shots national, nationwide or whatever, so what he has to say is important, even if what he does is harmful and terrible. But here's the thing is that you know, then he stopped doing the press conferences because people were realizing that he wasn't helping his own cause and he was making himself look like even more of a buffoon answering things the way that he needs to answer it. So then we've got Kaylee McEnany. Uh, who is the new uh, one of many uh, press sec- secretaries that Donald Trump has had, and obviously this is the newest one. And she, as I tweeted earlier, she is the perfect press secretary for Donald Trump. I'm not saying she's a good press secretary. I think she's terrible. I think she's a horrible person. I think anybody, if, if you told me that I had to do what she had to do, I would quit. I don't think you could pay me enough to sacrifice my integrity 
that much to simply get up there and spew the crap that she spews. But she doesn't care. Kaylee McKennedy uh, is absolutely perfect. She exemplifies Donald Trump's manipulation of facts, the childish behavior, uh, his distortion by ridiculous pivoting uh, in a way that nobody else could. I mean, Spicer and Sanders, they could absolutely – Scaramucci, I think, was the other one. And he, I don't even think he gave a press conference. But for a while, we hadn't had a press conference. Said there's, we hadn't had a press conference for a while because, you know, the president doesn't like information to be out there. And he doesn't want facts or truth or, or anything of, of the fact. But she's, I mean, clearly she's drank the Kool-Aid. Uh, you know, her history, uh, she was a Republican political strategist, according to Wikipedia. Um, she was critical of Obama. She, uh, 2012, posted several tweets questioning his birthplace, which, you know, that just goes right along with Donald Trump because Donald Trump did that as well. Um, she has been steadfast in her apologia for Donald Trump. Uh, the RNC appointed her as its national spokesperson in 2017. Uh, she supported Trump um, amid the bipartisan backlash uh, about Charlottesville. Um, he suggested that white supremacists and counter-protests shared blame. Uh, McKinney tweeted um, that the party supported the president's, quote, message of love and inclusiveness. Um, so she she has said that she doesn't believe that the president has lied. I believe that there was, let's see, in the, in the USA Today article, blah, 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 Democrats are trying to politicize the coronavirus, and Democrats were, quote, rooting for this outcome. Uh, that's what she said on the Pat Miller show. Um, but Kayleigh McKennedy is coming to the White House with, with new alternative facts about the coronavirus. That's the world calls them lies. Um, McKinney responded to the criticisms as ridiculous spin. So she is just, I mean, look, again, she is, she manages to turn everything into a political attack. I mean, the, she started off the press conference by saying, oh, the we have a victory and, and we've defeated the liberals and Democrats by tearing down the, 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 the sort of makeshift city that they made in Seattle. Like, Everything is just not everything. I mean, I'm, I do a political podcast. Not everything is is about the religion of politics. Like, if you have, I mean, there are people who are political, then there are people who practice the religion of politics. And she just, I mean, she worships at that altar twenty four seven. I mean, look again, Spicer and Sanders. They had their flaws, but none of the neither of them combined could do what McKennedy has done. Everything's political tact. It's a perfect mix of on Twitter when I said perfect mix of Pravda and Goebbels. It, it's it's her, I couldn't watch anymore for after a while. It was just so repulsive. How it's I just don't understand. Like how can you get up there and feel good about yourself when you're just repeating the same old crap over and over and over again. And you know, it's false. 
and it's just she she's just standing there and just lying and spitting things. Just it's terrible. And the other thing I don't get, and this is this is what I I've asked out to the Twitter world, and I don't really know. Nobody's given me an answer yet. I want to know if the Trump administration, particularly, or if this is something that happens amongst every president with press conferences, do these reporters, are they required to provide the questions they're going to ask ahead of time? Because she is way too quick to pivot that quickly on the points that she pivots on or to have just a, a, a rebuke rebuttal of the answer. I mean, it's obviously like when they asked her questions about, the fact that he deleted the white power video that he retweeted, which I don't think he should be deleting anything because I believe any tweets that he makes is, as president should be part of the public record and might violate some act. But of course, no one's going to call him on it because, you know, they can't even impeach him for obstruction of justice or anything of the sort or obstruction of Congress or manipulating with the Ukraine thing or whatever. He can't he, He's, you know, the Senate will protect him. But it, she seems, it seems like Either they just have a really good of, you know, either a checklist of like, oh, somebody's asking a question about this, pivot to this. Somebody's asking a question about this, this is what you answer. Because his, instead of saying, does the president have anything to say about the video that he retweeted? About, and she goes, I think the fact that he deleted it is the answer. No, it's not. Because clearly, I have a friend who has a disability. She... Uh, just got cochlear implants for her ears. She 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 can't hear well. And even she was like, I heard him say white power. If I could hear him say it, the tr- there's no re- way the president didn't hear him say it. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So that, that that would be the answer. But that, you know, how could you be ready with, Everything like that. I mean, either she's really good at being evil, which is a possibility, or she's just so full of knowledge about the lies that the president wants to tell, so she's ready with like a quick fire thing. I mean, I'll say like back when I ran against Bobby Jindal in 2004, now 16 years ago, geez, Uh, back when I ran against Jindal, Nobody was out there giving anybody who was running against him any sort of help. So I had to do all this research myself. So I was a trove of information about Bobby Jindal. So whenever anybody said anything about all of the, quote, supposed wonderful things that he did, I was very quick with a response because I had to be. But that's, I mean, I, so I guess if anybody's going to come with criticism of Donald Trump, I mean, I guess that's her job as well, to be quick with responses when people criticize Trump. I had to do it the other way. I had to fact check people. She has to manipulate and lie to people, but I guess it's the same kind of thing in that she has, she has to be, she has to know all of the points that are going to potentially come her way and then, or know how to pivot away with two other points that they want to focus on. Um, but to start off with that thing in Seattle, it's just, it's just, and the way they do it is just so childish. But I mean, look at his campaign ads. His campaign ads are childish as well. And he's childish altogether as well. So, excuse me. It's the perfect storm of childishness. And so, 
And, and then there was really no focus that, that, at least that I heard, about the fact that he wants to reduce or he has reduced funding for testing now. And now they're not going to pay for funding for tests, which means he doesn't want more information, um, which means and, – and we're trying to get out of this mess, and people are just wanting to continue to be stupid – because that's what you're being. If you're, if, you're, if you're refusing to listen to the experts, you're being stupid. Somebody suggested, I, I sort of grabbed onto it and retweeted it uh, or tweeted it because it was in like a group. Is that instead of click it or ticket, uh, as some places have done to encourage seafood use, we should do mask it or casket, which is perfect. Mask it or casket. I should get that on a face mask. I, I should have a design your own face mask and tell liberal Dan mask it or casket face masks. Maybe I'll try to work on that after the show. Anyway, let's go ahead and take the first commercial break. Come back and take your calls as well. It's area code 914-803-4131. Area code 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Alright, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say. Sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family. Because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Day and Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, yeah. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will? <laughs> Catch you on the team. Would you like to support Liberal Dan Radio? Would you like a shout-out on the podcast or the minicast? Would you like to purchase advertising or sponsor a bit like Hypocrite of the Week or Words of Redneck Wisdom? You can even sponsor the whole hour. Then become a Liberal Dan Patreon. You can help me grow my audience, and for a limited time, first-hour advertisers will lock in their rates for the life of the podcast. Head on over to patreon.com slash liberaldan and support the show today.
Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. It's Hawk from the Last That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming to you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, carry code 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. Before I forget, big shout out to Demonox, uh, the Liberal Dan Radio Patreon. And also a huge shout out to my little brother, the host of the most, Nimbus Yosh from the Percy Podcast, at the Percy Podcast on Twitter. Check him out. He has some good content. The last episode he put up, he is talking about the ridiculousness when it comes to, you know, what I like to call the overly woke, um, or people in this case doing more of a, you know, showmanship type. Uh, look at how we're being, you know, woke and supportive of the black community and not actually fixing anything, especially when they didn't ask for it. Like the people who are, you know, who took down the episode of Community when. Uh, they were doing the Dungeons and Dragons episode, and um, they also had another episode of Golden Girls where they came out in um, mud masks, and it was the episode was dealing with racism and and bigotry, and it was a good episode. And they're taking it down because they were in mud masks. They weren't specifically doing blackface. So, and even like people start complaining about Tropic Thunder on Twitter, like, they're like, oh, I didn't realize it was such a the movie had blackface. This is terrible. And then black Twitter was like, no, 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 no. Listen to us. Listen, tell, this is, this is the problem I have when a lot of times you have white people trying to be overzealous with their advocacy. Like if I have a, something that I think is a great idea, I don't, I don't just go do it and be like, oh, look, I'm being good. I'm being helpful. Because sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're, you're being ridiculous and you're making the movement look ridiculous in the name of you trying to be helpful. If, if you're in a, the non-privileged group, like if you're like trying to advocate for LGBTQ issues and you're you know, cisgendered heterosexual person, cisgender heterosexual person, you go ask somebody first and be like, you know, go to that group that I talked about. That sounds like you need to be educated on transgender issues, like go to that group and ask them, hey, I had this thought and is this thought true? I did that the other day. I had this thought where, you know, we talk about pronouns and sharing your pronouns. My pronouns are he, him. And there's the, the idea that you need to normalize sharing of pronouns. And so you could, I feel that you should do that by saying, you know, okay, my name is Dan Zimmerman. I'm he, him. Or put that on your name tag or whatever it is. Put it on business cards, Evie as she talked about on the podcast when she was on, she talked about how she had business cards which that she'll pass out. Uh, it's a really good idea as well, just to share that information. But, you know, I had to say, well, what if there are people who are not necessarily offering it up, but, but are asking people for their pronouns, but they're asking people for their pronouns only if they are appeared to be somebody who's trans or somebody who would need to be asked that instead of asking it of everybody to normalize it. And I was like, is that transphobic? Cause it feels like it's transphobic to me, but I want to know how do you feel if, uh, cause I'm a cisgender white heterosexual male. I check almost all of the privilege boxes. And if and I don't want to just come out and be like, that's, that's transphobic by doing that. I want to ask the people who it affects. And the general consensus was, yes, that would be, even if it's benevolent transphobia, it's still transphobia. So even if you have good intention, even if you're not trying to harm people, even if some people 
like the fact that you're asking the pronouns because of the fact that they don't get that much. And as such, they're happy that you're asking and not just assuming. But if you're only asking people that you think need to be asked and you're not asking everybody, then you're either, as they were saying, trying to clock people as being trans or non-binary or some other identification where the pronouns that would be used are not ones that are related to the ones that you get when you're assigned a true gender. But, you know, if, if I would just, if I would have just started coming out and saying, look, this is transphobic without backing it up or getting the, getting the idea or getting approval trans folks, then I would be irresponsible, even if I was true, because what if I'm not? What if I'm making the movement look bad by, by, by bringing ridiculousness to it and, and, and harming the cause? And that's, that's the most important. You, if you're in, that's a lot of times why I do ask about things before talking about them, because I don't want to hurt the cause that I'm trying to help. And that's a lot of times why people in these movements will tell people who are trying to help, who are not directly affected, like, you know, if you're a cisgender folk and you're talking about trans issues or you're straight and you're talking about uh, LGB issues, LGBTQA plus issues, if you're talking about those, those, those things and you're not part of the oppressed group, then, then a lot of the times they, they want you to sit down and shut up because they're, they're, people are tired of the, the people trying to make A, make it about them, and B, doing stupid stuff. Because if you do stupid stuff and hurt the cause, then, you're, then your intentions are, not, are irrelevant because you've now hurt the cause. So you have these people in Hollywood who clearly didn't talk to at least any person that I know Every single black person that I know, either in person or on Facebook or Twitter, are looking at these decisions to take down the community episode and to take down uh, the Golden Girls episode. And they're like, you are smoking crack. You have no idea what you're talking about. This is not do anything to help us. And it's not what we're asking for. So stop it. So stop it. That was a little bit longer rant on that that I anticipated. But, you know, that was the topic of uh, Nimbus Yosh's show Percy podcast, the host of the most check him out. Anchor.fm slash at Percy po- or slash the Percy podcast, face uh, Twitter at the Percy podcast. He has a Patreon. You can support him there as well. Be a Percy producer. You can also support the liberal Dan radio, Patreon, patreon.com slash liberal Dan as well. I would appreciate that too. Would love to be able to pay the bills with this and just, you know, and actually, the uh, Demonox also has a podcast as well, and you can find him on Twitter as well. So one of the things I wanted to talk about when it came, comes to, and I'll talk about Roberts later, maybe after the next break, is America Fest, or whatever they're calling it. It's, I talked about it last week. I had clips about, and we, we, were, we had a long discussion my friend from California, about, you know, how are you a white supremacist if you do this or that? Or this person was complaining, Mimi Owens, who has me blocked on Facebook, by the way. I just confirmed that. That's hilarious. But Mimi Owens on, on, on Facebook uh, is one of the hosts of uh, one show on WGSO here in New Orleans with Jeff Carrere. 
as it turns out, when I, I was confused by the statement that WWL stated, I was asked them today, this morning on, on the show, today uh, on, on the WGSO web, web, web show, whatever. I asked today on the show, are y'all dating? Because WWL says you're dating, you're a couple. And they're like, yes, we're a couple. And I'm like, oh, well, congratulations. I'm glad you found each other. They're, they're really perfect for each other. I thought Jeff was married. Maybe. I don't want to go into all that. I didn't hear the rest of the show. Maybe more of it came out. I don't know. Um, the last hour of the episode doesn't seem to be available online at the moment. I tried downloading it to, to get the bit. I had to listen. Uh, I had to listen and, and record while listening because the last hour of the show was not available. So I'm very confused about that. And call our CEO. I'll, I'll get to you in a second. Um, but maybe uh, you know, there was another caller who was talking about COVID-19 and, and, and the problems he had dealt with. You know, he's learning, having to relearn how to walk because of COVID. Um, and Jeff and, and Mimi don't take the COVID seriously enough, in my opinion. Anyway, so they finally decided when and where this was going to be, this event was going to be. And so let's go ahead. Let's, let's play the commercial first, and then we'll play the bit. And then we'll talk about it a little bit and get to the caller as well. So first of all, here's the Save America Fest commercial. Hey folks, I'm Jeff Cruer. And I'm Mimi Owens. We're talk show hosts, authors, and commentators who live in the great state of Louisiana. We are sick and tired of our country's culture, history, economy, and law enforcement being attacked by radical protesters and their accomplices in the media, politics, Hollywood, and academia. That is why we decided to organize a Save America rally on Independence Day, Saturday, July 4th. It will be held in Baton Rouge, right in front of the governor's mansion from noon until 3 p.m. We will have inspiring speakers, great music, delicious food, and plenty of flag waving. So come join us to stand up for your country and our values that are under unprecedented attack. If not us, who? If not now, when? See you Saturday, July 4th, in front of the Governor's Mansion at our Save America Rally. For information, check out Save America Rally 2020 on Facebook. So, so how, what flags are they, are they is, is it red flags they're going to be waving? I don't know. I mean, I know they'll probably have some American flags, but I'm sure there's going to be some Confederate flags there as well, and that's not our culture, heritage, or history, folks. That's that's the culture and heritage and history of a, of a country that lasted less than five years. There are TV shows that have lasted longer than that and have had a greater impact on America than those shows. But one thing I do want to talk about that she did mention, it, and I brought it up on the air today, but I was kind of breaking up in the audio, so I didn't include that today in one of the clips, was that um, when she goes, uh, if not us, who? If not now, when? To me, she's paraphrasing something that uh, that I learned as somebody being raised Jewish, which is if I am only if I am not for me, who will be for me? If I am only for me, who am I? And if not now, when? And I think it's very telling that she left out the whole if I am if only for me, who am I? Because that, that's the whole point here in the debate over mask usage, for example, because they're pissed off, oh, they're pissed off that Jefferson Parish, which is normally considered a conservative parish, you had 
let, let me every a lot of cities had the whole idea of the great white flight where white people just left the cities and moved away and there's there's levels of it so like you have the lake shore area which is still new orleans but it's probably as far away from the city that you can get you know that's more lily white that's 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 the people who just wanted to get out of the city then you had the people who moved to Jefferson Parish and Metairie. You had those, and those were a little more racist. And the further away you get towards the next parish over to, and then you had the people who had to cross, literally cross the longest bridge in the world to flee New Orleans. Those are your big old racists. Not saying that everybody who moved across the river was, or the lake was a racist, but if you have, if you moved across the longest bridge in the world to get away from black people, you might be a racist. It, it might happen. So, well, that was the commercial. So here's the bit. And now, this week's words of redneck wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. So if I'm uh, hearing Dan right, um, he said that the reason we wear the masks is because it's not for us, it's for others. So this is what I'm going to say to you. The reason women wear burqas is not for her. It's for the man, okay? So that he's not tempted. I'm not doing it. I mean, it starts like that and it never stops. I wasn't born to make sure everybody else was happy, you know? I don't care if you don't want to come around me because I'm not wearing a mask, then don't. That's your responsibility. My responsibility is not to make sure that you all don't get sick. My God, I flew as a flight attendant for 15 years. Mm -hmm. If that was the case, that I need to make sure you guys came on the airplanes with colds and flu and everything else. Did you stay home? No, you exposed me as a flight attendant. I didn't care. I still went to work. This has got to stop. I'm not, you know... I'm not wearing and, a, a burqa. And, and then that's what this comes down to. You're you have just heard more words of redneck wisdom brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. And so, so much to, to dissect there in that audio. Um, first of all, you know, the, the comparison between wearing a mask. I mean, I've seen that before. People like, that's the next step. I mean, that's the one thing. I never see conservatives come up with original arguments. Ever, I mean, I guess one time they do, and then it's just, it's just the same thing. Oh, the new new argument. Is, the next step in in this is you go from wearing a mask. Now you're forced to wear a burqa, as if one has anything to do with the other. You know, I don't feel that that somebody should be shamed for wearing a burqa. I don't feel that people should be forced to wear a burqa either. If they if they religion if they choose to follow a religion that says, "Well, if you're going to follow this religion, you're going to wear a burqa," um, that's one thing. But if they are being forced to, then that's another thing, and I disagree with that. But this is a complete. This has nothing to do with religion. This is not wearing a burqa, not covering your face for a religious person, religious reasons doesn't harm others. I mean. The, Oh, they make people might make the religious argument. People make the religious argument. Many, you know, there are there are conservative Christians 
who make the same argument about the clothes that women wear as well, that they shouldn't dress like that because they're evil temperature temptresses or whatever, whatever they want to call them. They're evil temptresses. So whatever. So then there's, there's the whole idea. Oh, well I had to be an air flight airplane attendant and I had, I've rode in the big blue skies for so many years and you came on when I was sick. So therefore I should be able to get you sick too. I mean, if it was wrong for them to fly sick, it's wrong for you to walk around without a mask. It's not, like, oh, you did it to me, so I get to do it to you. That, that, that's the word. I mean, imagine raising your kids that way. Imagine raising your kids that way. That's just ridiculous. I can't imagine anybody, anybody thinking like that. It's crazy. So... Uh, there's more to dissect, but I, I have left this caller on hold long enough. So let me uh, head on over to the caller. Uh, caller, your name, where you're from? How you doing? I'm doing uh, well. I had a couple of yeah, good. I had a couple of things for you uh, to start with. Um, uh, you were talking about you did your bid. Did you see Sasha Cohen? Did you catch that? That was beautiful. I, did you catch that? Yes, I did. I mean. It, it's it's a throw. It's a for people who aren't aware. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, Jewish guy who comedian uh, played Borat, probably his most famous role for most people at least. Uh, Ali G for other people. Um, you know he basically did what he did for the, I think um, his Ali G show with as Borat, but you know with that one they did a whole thing where he was in Texas at the time, and he was you know singing the song about throw the Jews down the well, and he had the people in the audience also singing, throw the Jews down the well, and they're all happy and getting into it. And uh, they did the same same thing in Seattle. It was like burnt, like burn them or uh, it was either two of the things that he had them calling back and he was getting their, the audience's opinion. um, And he, apparently he provided the security for the festival. So when the, when the festival people were wanting to shut it down, they were like, Nope, we're not going to do it. So yeah, it was it was genius in that he was showing the people how, how just how easily these people will drop into their racism. Oh, absolutely, and 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 what he was what he was actually doing is he went through a litany, and he was there for a long time. I saw the whole thing, and you know they said they tried to shut him down, and uh, his security was blocking the uh, you know them pulling the plug. They might have been able to get away with that for five minutes, but he went on for a, an easy 20 minutes before they even knew what was going on. And right. he was saying things like, uh, uh, you know, uh, what do we do with the liberals? Let them come down with the one, how, one who flew. You know, chop right. them up like the Saudis do. Anderson right. Cooper with the one flu and chop them up like the Saudis do. And all of these people, Bill Gates, and I mean, he was just going, and he had the audience yelling it back, you know, chop them up like the Saudis do. It was like, it was hysterical. It was absolutely yeah. hysterical. You could see these bigots, and they, they call themselves, they're in Washington State, they call themselves 30 percenters, which, you know, you should give you the idea right there. You know? is, it, is it the 30 percenters or the three percenters? Three percent, something like that. Yeah, you're yeah. right. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it should give you the idea right there. I mean, I mean, they, these people are dull bulbs, you know what I'm saying? It's right. just like the brain is dead. 
but everybody should see that clip because it was absolutely hysterical. And, and he's sitting there and he goes on for 20 minutes before they even figure out that, wait a minute, there's something wrong with this guy. He keeps on going over this stuff and over this stuff. And then they finally, uh, you know, tried to cut him off and, and, and chased him out. He had an ambulance waiting and hoping. Uh, but I, 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 I wanted to mention that, and I also wanted to mention about being too sensitive with uh, um, uh, the racist stuff, okay? Right. It, it's not racism uh, when you're doing something comedically or you're, or you're referring to something historically uh, or if you say something inadvertently, and we as progressives, and you and I are very much on the same page on a lot of things, um, as a progressive, it's going to kill us if we don't right. get off of one, th- one thing um, uh, uh, the, the right-wingers will do, and the only thing that, that they have that they, will be, that they can use that's a legitimate argument, because you were right when you said they don't have any legitimate arguments. And the only time they come up with an illegitimate argument, uh, a legitimate argument, is when we say something that leaves a door open for them. When we say something stupid and it leaves a door open. I mean, I saw Tucker Carlson the other day, and Tucker Carlson was talking about the nooses with Bubba at the NASCAR thing. And that whole right. thing was absolutely stupid. And he was pointing it out. He said, you know, this is a rope that they're pulling down the garage door with, and it's got a noose on the end of it. Nobody made a threat about a noose, but yet you had 15 FBI agents out there, you know, trying to find a hate crime. I mean, that's a right. little nuts, man. You know, I mean, you've got to allow people to express themselves. And when Jimmy Kimmel and Tina Fey are coming out and saying, oh, we're sorry about blackface, th- these people are comedians. You know what I'm saying? If they did something for blackface, they did something in, in, in use of something historical or use of something uh, to make fun of something like Mel Brooks does. You know, I mean, we, 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 we've got to stop being too thought policey here because it is really starting uh, to ignite the right. Okay. When they, when you were playing that commercial before about come on out and, you know, our conservative values and they're going to go out there and have their little festival and the whole thing, that's what they're going after. And I, and I'm going to tell you something, Tucker Carlson and Fox last month, had the highest percentage ratings in 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 uh, news media, if you want to call it that, of any okay. uh, of any of the uh, um, the news media's uh, uh, for a while. I mean, he's never had the highest rating, but because people are getting so tired of the fighting and the infighting, and then we get into the 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 the, the, um, the thought policing. And that's really where they start to get upset, uh, um, you know, because everybody can agree, you know, you don't put your, your knee on, on, on George Floyd's neck. I mean, we all know that, okay? But when we get into the thought policing ideas uh, of, of what's going on here, of, oh, Jesus, I'm sorry about this and I'm sorry about that and I'm sorry about, uh, what, uh, about something that happened three years ago. If I put blackface on right now, I'm going to tell you uh, I, I do comedy. As a comedian, I would not be sorry. 
Okay. If mm-hmm. I did it, I would have a reason and I would not be sorry. Okay. And I would not apologize to you. And I'm tired of hearing, I mean, uh, uh, um, Robin Williams went out one day and he did, it was doing pedophile and priest jokes and the, and the Vatican came out and started railing on him. And he said, I'm not apologizing for doing my comedy. I'm making right. a point in what I'm doing. And that's what now, he's with, there with, doing. And the, Go ahead. If I could jump in real quick. With, with blackface, though, I, I do think you have to be very careful with it, obviously. I, I don't think – it's not something that should be done casually or without a lot of forethought. I mean, I think like when Robert Downey Jr. did it in Tropic Thunder, as I brought up, I mean, they were doing it to kind of – to make the point. He was like playing a character who was playing a character who would, who would do this and, and making, a, making a, a point, I guess, about Hollywood and how ridiculous – sometimes method actors can be when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, one of the things that I personally would love to see, like if, it, if anybody would have, if there would be an audience for this, is I would love to see a, um, a, like a documentary of some sort about Al Jolson, but have, mm. have the person who's playing Al Jolson, Jolson be a black guy who puts on white face when, he, when, he, when he's acting like Al Jolson when he's at home. And all, and then like just doing his normal face when he's doing when Al Jolson would do the blackface like like I think that would be a clever play on it. Um, I, I, but I would I would caution anybody still like look you know blackface has such a bad history in the, in this country that that I, I would I would caution most people against it even 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 if you're coming from a good place because of the fact that it can still be viewed as harmful as to people. But I do get your point about about that but, and but, how. But you- I, yeah, I get your point. I, I, I generally under, Generally, I, I I agree with you in the fact that you know, you know, there was there was a, a conversation that was taking place the other day, and 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 it involved me. It just ultimately, I just had to leave this Facebook group because it was there's just was never going to be a meeting of the minds there. But it, it came down to the point of you know, if somebody who generally agrees with you like ninety five percent of the time, like let's say we agree ninety five percent of the time, and yeah. let's say we disagree on five percent do does it hurt the causes that we agree on to for us to sit here and nitpick each other on the five percent or does it hurt or, or should we just say you know what maybe let's let's get over the fact and assume that we're all coming from a, a, a good place and work together on those mm. under 95 percent things and i think no 99 percent i think 99 percent of the time i think 99 percent of the time that's what should happen now there may be one percent of the time where where uh, there, I have I have somebody who used to be my friend, and we agreed on almost every damn near thing, but he was just so toxic when it came to like the very few things, and it got to the point where I just had to let him go because I was it was just not it was not good for my sanity or my you know my emotional health having to put up with him. As some people would say, I didn't have the spoons uh, to deal with him much more. So yeah, well, what I'm talking about is is more I I think from. Uh, us as a, a progressive perspective, I understand. You, you see, again, this this all becomes more uh, uh, about you know being too sensitive about too many things. And um, uh, what I'm what I'm saying here is is that obviously, if you were going to use blackface, you wouldn't just use it and you know you know nonchalantly. You would do it for a, a purpose, a a, a a political statement. I mean, Mel Brooks didn't do blazing saddles, uh, you know, nonchalantly. He was making serious points. 
when right. when when he did it. That's what that's what comics do. Comedy is you know really about making a point. It's uh, Henri Bergson, you know, sanctioning stupidity. That's where it comes to a social sanction against stupidity. That's what comedy is. The philosopher Henri Bergson would say, and that's what uh, and that's the truth of it. And we need to, as progressives, understand that because I say to you that the 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 right who has nothing will take every little speck that we give them when we start to try to thought police or over police things because one of their big things is we're more like Hitler than they are because we want to run the society and we want to be the, the, the communists and they'll call us all these things because we want to have a government and then we want to have government become big brother and that's what they'll try and push every time and anytime you lean that direction, that's what they're going to say. And any time you thought police, that's when they're going to stand up and say, we've got to get rid of the Joe Bidens and the, and the liberal Democrats because they're trying to take our thoughts away from us and our ability to express ourselves, our First Amendment away from us. And to an extent, they have a point. And I'm just saying that we all need to be a little bit thicker skinned because when someone does comedy, they're not necessarily talking to you. If someone comes up and talks to you and says something that is offensive to you, you can turn around to them and say, if they're not trying to be offensive, you can say, well, that offends me, please don't. Or you know they're trying to be offensive and they're being offensive to you. When a comic does something and stands up on a stage, he's not trying to offend you. He is trying to make a point about historical facts. And these are historical facts. When we go back and we look at black or Indian or Chinese or, 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 or uh, Irish or Italians or anybody when we go back to the history of doing something, these are historical facts. We have shown ourselves to be quite ignorant at times, and to make caricatures of these things is not necessarily a bad thing because it makes us remember, look, you know, Hitler was a real friggin' idiot. Okay? Right. It makes I mean, us was, remember was, that. That's why God was still like, stands, even, you know? even even back in the 40s, like when they had uh, Charlie Chaplin did did a comedy yes. or a mocking mocking Hitler. I mean, there was debate about that as to whether or not that was just America propaganda or, or if he was, you know, there's a difference between if you're playing a, a, like a dumb, again, Mel Brooks with the producers. They're making a, a movie about, you know, the, the, the people making the movie want to make the worst movie possible. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the producers, um, and if you and uh, and 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 they're trying to make this movie uh, and trying to you know dupe dupe a lot of people to invest in this thing and then have it be just flop and then they they make a whole bunch of money on the flop because mm-hmm. they just take away the money from the investors and not put anything into the show. But at the end of the day, they, they, it becomes a funny show that people love because it's mocking the Nazi Party and not mocking. Hitler and, and and one of the things that Mel Brooks has said uh, when it comes to like his you know some people like to call gallows humor or other people you know when he mm-hmm. that that is his way of striking out at um striking out at uh, the the Nazis and 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 the Hitler type folks and and anybody else who would be like that is is to mock them and make fun of them and that's that's how he does yeah. it and, and and clearly 
you know, there's a difference if somebody's getting up there and being racist while doing things like putting on a Halloween costume and, and trying to act all act all jive or whatever. If you, again, if you listen to the Percy podcast, he talked about this a little bit as well, where he, he personally doesn't get upset at if somebody's doing a costume per se and, and, he, and they're not doing it hatefully or spitefully or, or including all of the, the stereotypical behavior of that one might expect if you're doing it to be mean, but if you're just doing it for like the art's sake, or if you're doing it to mock the, the people who would do such a thing, like I guess with Robert Downey and Tropic Thunder, um, you know, that, that that's completely different than the people doing it who are doing it to be hateful and mean. But to kind of pivot back to um, the, the this whole Save America rally that that's going on, um, there's, a, there's a user on Twitter, um, there's an area of, uh, of New Orleans called the Bywater, and the uh, Twitter accounts the at hell or by water. Um, and so nice, clever playing words. And he's managed to get into the State of America rally uh, group on Facebook and has been sk- sharing screenshots of everything that comes in. And, and you know, what is, the, the thing that's unfortunate is that, you know, conservatives get to you know, find a weak, find any weak point that we have when we, when we, when, if we misspeak or if we say something that, that is, that is not perfectly spoken or perfectly uh, enumerated or make a point that has a, that has maybe a fallacy in it, they jump all over it and people, and it hurts liberals in the polls. But when conservatives then come on, Mimi Owens, the, the person, one of the people who are the co-hosts of the, one of the shows, uh, one of the, the women who was, being talked about in the words of redneck wisdom bit um she posts posts in this group forcing americans to say black lives matter is the new hail hitler all lives matter in america period and i won't submit to the rabble so so I, i'm not if, if, and if i was like that's the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard saying that black lives matter is nothing like hail hitler oh well, what about my free speech well what about my free speech? Yeah, that, that's usually their thing when yeah, you criticize you're, you're, them you're, when they you're, yeah, you see what yeah. they're doing there, though. When she says right. when she says that, and she is right in an extent, and it needs to be clarified. And first, let me let me go back a second, and then I'm going to explain that. Uh, when you say, uh, you know, they attack us because we can make one statement, and they're going to use that, they use that because they don't have anything else. I mean, the reason they can say what they say is because they have nothing. Okay, they're trying to steal <laughs> money. They're trying to use corporations to steal money, and they're trying to con the Tea Party and others and the Trumpites on the ground to be able to take what they have left of their trailers. Okay? They have nothing. That's number one. Number two, this woman, when she talks, uh, what she's saying is actually has some truth to it because all lives do matter. But we don't stand up and say, look, all lives matter, but black people are being slaughtered right now, and black lives matter right now. When we finish stopping black lives from being slaughtered, we'll worry about the rest of the lives, because nobody's saying that we're not going to go out there and worry about everybody else's lives, but let's worry about the people who are being slaughtered now. See, if right. we, if we and, phrase and, the statement that way, then they can't say, oh, well, you're being big brother and you're trying to take our constitutional rights against you. Because nobody's saying that. Nobody's saying that you should go out and shoot a cop. No one's saying that a white person should die. Therefore, saying that George Floyd, George Floyd and Aubrey and the others should not be dead based on the fact that these people cannot control themselves and they can't put a police station together that can control themselves and so 
so forth. That's all that's being said. When the majority of the people that are dying are black, then you're going to say, hey, you're killing black people. If the majority of the people who were dying were kabuki, we'd be talking about kabuki lives matter. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it, 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 that's what I'm saying when I say they'll use whatever they can because they don't have a point to begin with. They've got nothing to say to anybody who doesn't have any money. Unless you have money. The money people, they say, we're going to get you a tax cut. But anybody else, it's sort of like, we've got to con you. Right. And and, and, and the other thing with that is that, that, I mean, even when we do say things, like often in my peer group, when we see things, um, like I I even tried to, to reach out another way to one particular person this morning, actually. Um, well, there's that word again. I hate the word actually, but I'm trying to get it out of my vernacular because it's useless. Um, but the, uh, but, but you had, you have this, you know, people will bring up all houses matter. Like, do you, do you go to a, do you follow fire engines to burning houses? And when they start trying to fight the fire, that house go, my house matters too. You know, that sort of thing is, is, is type of, do you go? And my friend was doing that. Do you, do you show up to a breast cancer rally and say all cancers matter? Well, we're dealing with breast cancers with this one. We'll deal with other cancers another time. You know, mm-hmm. but one of the interesting things that this person brought up in, in response, this, this is this woman's aunt, I believe, and was saying that, uh, that, that we're, we all, all of all lives should matter because we're all, you know, in the eyes of God and this, that, the other. And I know you like to debate, but this, that, the other, and she had brought up God. So and I, I've said it before in the podcast, I'm not very religious. I don't practice. I, I practice enough as a, as a as a child. I don't need much more practice. I got it down. Um, but I was raised Jewish, and you have you know there's this story uh, that's told where you have a guy and there's a big flood and he's on his roof and he prays to God and he says, mm-hmm. God, yeah. please rescue me. And a boat comes by and is like, Would you like to be helped off the roof? And the guy says that God will save me. And he keeps praying and it happens once, it happens again, it happens again. And finally the guy dies and he goes to heaven and the guy gets to speak to God and he says, God, I've prayed to you to save my life. Why didn't you do it? And he goes, the guy goes, well, I, I sent three boats. So, so when, when people, mm-hmm. so this person was trying to tell us, you know, that, that God is the answer. I'm like, no, well, maybe God sent you your niece to, to go educate you on this issue. I didn't hear anything back from the person. I'm hoping that hoping maybe he actually got through. Um, the niece, the friend of mine, was like applauding me privately. Like that was the best answer ever. I was actually was rather mm-hmm. proud of it myself. But the fact is, is that you know there are a lot of these people who do, they don't care about the facts. Like they'll come at me with, oh well, this FBI statistic says that more whites died than blacks. I'm like black people, and they always say blacks, which just drives me nuts because mm-hmm. it's 2020. We should not be saying blacks, but that's how they word it. It's like Blacks start, whatever. But besides, that's besides the point. Uh, again, they're not, they're not creative. It's the same image over and over and over again. Here's your statistics. There's 370 white people killed, maybe 250 black people killed. But so maybe 50% more black people are white people are killed than black people. But when white people represent seven times more of the population, uh, that means that black people are getting killed at a disproportionate rate of 3.5 times more than white people. Mm-hmm. And th- that's, if, if you look at the whole issue when it's dealing with black lives matter and all of the policing issues dealing with that. And you want to, and you want to also look at all these issues that we're dealing with conservatism when it comes with Corona, the coronavirus. 
it's one thing that they just refuse to get, and that's rates. If if like if somebody is being killed at a greater rate by police, they don't care about rates. They all they care about is numbers. That's why Donald Trump always talks about, oh, we've done the most testing. We've tested more than South Korea. We have a population that's. Yeah. I, I would hope so, but we could test more than South Korea and still be under testing. Because guess what? We're not testing higher at a per capita rate than South Korea. I think at some point we may have passed the per capita testing rate of South Korea. But South Korea also got a handle on it, so maybe they don't have to test as much anymore because they managed to get a better handle on it than we did. Whereas we did not, so therefore we continue to have to test and we're still trailing behind what we should be doing. So that's one thing that that just just baffles me that, that... it's it's always the conservatives that don't get this. It's it's not about yeah. the sheer the pure numbers. It's about the rates, and they never get it. And and you can well, see you it see with it. Black Lives Matter. You can see it with Corona. And I'm sure I'm sure we could go find out find many other points where 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 they will focus on the raw data and not look at rates. And that's why they believe the things that they do. But you see, I think I, I think that it's not that they don't get it. First of all, Trump gets it and he doesn't want it because I mean, let's, let's face it. We've all seen Bolton by now and Bolton has basically come out and said, Hey, this guy don't care. All he cares about is himself. And that's all it's about for him. And it's all it is. He's a psychopath. Okay. So we all got that now. So Trump doesn't care. And he wants to pretend that this whole Corona thing is gone. He wants to say no more testing. I'm going to go on. I'm going to have a, a another rally, and I'm going to just pretend like it's gone away, that it's evaporated. Okay? The people on the ground again are the people they need to con. These people have tried to turn this into a political issue of saying, you know, well, we're not going to wear masks because people who wear masks are are wimpy or it doesn't work. I had somebody actually say that to me in a John's Appliance, you know, where I live. I, I, I walked in there and it was like, these people really just don't get it. And I thought to myself, you don't get it because if you're wearing a mask, then you have three layers in between your breath and somebody else's. And if they're wearing a mask, you've got the same thing on their side, and if you stay six feet away from each other, the chances of you, uh, you know, putting any kind of uh, molecules into the air are going to be limited, at least, you know, severely limited, you know, so this is a good idea, but they want to make this into a political thing, so, you know, I think that we get bogged down way, way too much in the minutia, we just need to tell them straight out, I think the best people that we have had, as, as Democrats and as uh, progressives in, in the last years are people who could cut through the, uh, the right-wing baloney. I think Obama did it. I think Clinton did it. And look at what they were able to accomplish in, in, their, in their personal administrations. Those are the best people they can do it because they were able to just slice right through it and say, this is garbage, and John Kennedy do it, did it. We need to start to get back. To that kind of thing where it's like, I'm not going to argue minutia with you, idiot, okay? This is just reality. If I have three layers of supply in between me and you, and I'm six feet away from you, how can you say that the viral load that I'm projecting possibly isn't going to be lessened? That only right. makes sense. 
You know, right. so, I mean, that's all we need to put out there and say, you're a moron, that's it, okay? And, again, they're trying, Trump's trying to ignore it, and he's trying to get the people on the bottom, uh, the Tea Party, et cetera, in the trailer park to say, okay, we're going to make this a political issue, and, again, it's, you're taking our rights away from us. So I say to them, you don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Just when you see a person with a mask, have, you want your freedom? Fine. When you see a person with a mask, stay away from them, okay? And right. when you see people who want to wear masks, let them wear masks. So we'll tell everybody else, wear a mask, stay, stay six feet away from each other, and if you don't want to wear a mask and you want to go to a Trump rally, you know, buy all Dios, okay? And, you know, do what you want to do. But just stay away from the other people, okay? So that's all we have. So you have your freedom now, so you've got nothing to complain about. Because that's all it is for them. That's what it is. It's just a, it's just another way of trying to say, well, you, you know, you're you're communist and you want to take our freedom and you want to do, and that's a bunch of crap. All we all well, they, we they, believe in is government where it's necessary, you know, and that's it. And they want to say you right. believe in government for everything. We believe in government where it's necessary. They say we believe in government with nothing. You do. If you did, you'd love the European Union because they have about the same amount of in their in their countries, semantics, country, states. It doesn't matter. They have about the same amount of uh, space, and they have a, a, a central government that is very very weak, and that doesn't seem to work very well for them. Our government <laughs> seems to work for us. So uh, uh, apparently you seem to like that until we start talking about government. Then you say we want the government wants to take control of everything, which is a bunch of garbage. You know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, but what? Uh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, oh no! The uh, and what's even weird is uh, what about my freedom? Well, you know, what, what's what's interesting is the fact that you know that even when pe- when business owners will say, I've. I've in my show a couple of weeks back when I was like that, where I said, look, Barack Obama was wrong. There are clearly two Americas, if not uh, more to America, there are more than two Americas is that you have people who, who flat out have said, you know, that they are not going to go to stores anymore. Even if it's not forced by the government, but even if the store says, look, wear a mask when you come in my store there, I, I know some conservatives who will be like, okay, I'll listen to the store. But I know other ones that are just like I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna listen to the store. I'm gonna get mad at the store because the store is trying to take away my freedom. Well, it's it's a private it's private property at that point. Mm. You don't have the freedom to come into a store dressed in whatever you want to wear. I was trying to go to a ballpark one time and I had a shirt and the shirt said Shiitake happens, like spelled like the mushroom Shiitake mushrooms. But the person who was at mm. the gate didn't know what a Shiitake mushroom was apparently and almost didn't let me in. When I was and, and I said you can't come in there wearing that. I'm like, why? He goes, your shirt has a curse word. I'm like, no, shiitake is a mushroom. And he looks back to his manager, and the manager's like, yeah. And so he let me in. But again, if they were within well within their rights and not let me in that park while wearing that shirt, at least right side out, uh, because that's the private property, and they could, should be able to tell that. But and the thing is, is that we've we've gotten to a point in this in this country though where. I mean, a lot of people say we're we're a country of, I guess, revolutionary type people. We buck authority, and then whatever. But the we should not ha- need to have government. I mean, for Jefferson, pa- when Jefferson Parish in here in Louisiana, uh, the more conservative of the neighbors, uh, you know, Jefferson Parish is much more conservative in some ways than New Orleans. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. But um, when they came out and said that we're going to have the fine and we're going to be just like Miami and we're going to, if you don't, if you're going to go out 
If, if you don't wear the mask, then you could get a fine for it. I was shocked because normally that's not something you'd see from Jefferson Parish, but Jefferson Parish, you've seen their numbers going up and spiking higher than New Orleans, and New Orleans got a handle on it. So Jefferson Parish is like, well, we, we, we got to stop this. And it was just, I mean, these people's heads exploded because, you know, but government shouldn't have to tell you to listen to the experts, you know, and I don't care who it is. If we, at the beginning of this thing, if Donald Trump had gotten in front of everybody and said, look, social distance, wear a mask, his followers would have been like, yes, sir, I'll be right on top of it. And liberals would have been like, okay, we'll do it too. Because mm-hmm. the experts, not, not because Trump said so, but because the experts said so, and he was doing what the experts would say. But this had to be turned into a political issue because you couldn't have agreements. You couldn't be, you could Trump can't be seen as agreeing with liberals on anything or else he's going to, he could potentially lose whatever is left of his fractured base because mm-hmm. there are clearly people who are going to follow him, you know, lemmings off the cliff. And there are clearly some people who are realizing I have a friend of mine. He voted for Trump in 2016, black guy, he, he, all of the conservatives that we both know loved him because he was just like Donald Trump at that one rally when he pointed at there's my African-American to the realization of the <laughs> fact that, Oh yes, he has one. Look, there is one. And then he got diamond and silk. So there's three uh, on Twitter. I had asked during his, uh, the Corona Palooza rally he had in Tulsa. I basically asked what's greater. I put a poll out there. What's greater the number of masks at this rally by attendees or the number of black people at the rally. And the, the poll turned out, I think it was even, even split. People couldn't guess it because the one was numbered. Clearly there was disagreement as to, as to what there would be less of. Um, but even he, I, I, I felt I, one time I put a message on Facebook and I was like, I really feel sorry for friends of mine who don't realize uh, that they're, that, that the people who they think they're friends don't really have their back. And they're just realizing that now. And the same friend messaged me. I was like, I'm really sorry for your friend. I'm like, it's you. The friend is you. You're the guy who's realizing that none of these people who are conservatives, who, who have pretended to like you and support you, really support the causes. And he's now to the point where he's posting some stuff that's even to the left of me sometimes. But he's, I mean, he's, he's becoming very radical in his anti-Trumpness. And he still, he still has some conservative <clears throat> like underneath things, but he realized that those things that he believes in that are conservative are things that need to be dealt with on an individual level, on a, on a choice level and not on a government has to force you to do it level, which so for some weird reason, as you said, you know, they don't like government being big except for when they do. So, mm-hmm. Um, well, that's it. I mean, well, what would they say? Well, what would they say when Katrina hit? Oh, oh, no government there. No, of course not. You know, I mean, come on, right. give me a break. You know, and I'm sitting here think, watching just while you're while you're talking. I'm sitting here watching a, a face mask protest, and there's people walking down the street, and they've got my body, my choice, no face mask, unconstitutional. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't censor freedom. Okay. You see, this is where they're going. I mean, you take the stupid people and you, and you, you just got through saying it. You would figure, you know, they would figure it out, you know, especially after about 40 years now. You figure, you know, you might, you might get to it, but they just keep on further moving to the right 
these people who were with the Republicans, they just started moving further right and further right and further right. Now you've gotten to the point of total destruction with Trump. And there's still people that are going to walk off that cliff like you just talked about. It's just not the most amazing thing in the world. It's like, I can't be wrong. I'm willing to plunge to my death before I admit that I'm wrong. And, I mean, obviously, these people uh, on the right do not give a damn. They're interested in their money. Again, you know, Bush tax cuts, Trump tax cuts, whatever it is, those people on the top, Love, you know, that kind of stuff. But the people on the bottom are getting burned bad, and they can't figure out that uh, that it's the other party. And I, I, I guarantee you, the Democrats, you know, I, I'll say this, the Democrats need some help. I mean, they need to get back to John Kennedy. They need to get back to concise. They need to get back to, I'm not going to take your, your crap. This is the way it's going to be. Okay, but, you know, so they need that help. But they, you know, these right-wingers can't figure out, these are the people basically, that are trying to help you on, on, on the Democratic side of the aisle, and, and, and they're standing out in, 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 a, in, a, in a rally, you know, my, my body, my, my choice. You know, obviously, your body, your choice, biocondios. Go where you want to go. Your body, your choice during Katrina, too, buddy. Go drown. Okay? There you go. Have, have fun. Okay? I mean, well, what are you, you going to say? You know, John Cleese, the great comic, said, you know, uh, how do you tell somebody that wrestling is fake? If they don't know, <laughs> how are you going to get it across to them? You know, and that's right. and that's just it. You know, I mean, have they you, can't you watched, figure it out. Have you watched? Have I watched what? <laughs> have, have you watched have, wrestling? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, like yeah. more recently or back in the day? Uh, back, you know, back, I, I don't look at that, but I mean, I'm just, I, uh, yeah, I've okay. seen it before. I've seen no, I'm the just, Dusty I'm Rhodes. Just name, I'm just trying to name drop here because my cousin's Bill After, and he is somebody who's pretty well known in wrestling circles. And he actually, oh, he wrote okay. a book. He wrote a book, and it was like, wrestling is fixed. I didn't know it was broken. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> it's a very, it's, it's a very clever. If, if you look up my, my other, my other, you, one of my other YouTube accounts, I think it's on my Nerdy Dan YouTube account. If you if you look at youtube.com slash it's like nerdydan.com, like nerdydan doc dotcom. If you look that up, I think there's a video um, on that one where it's me and him uh, singing the um, All in the Family theme song, and oh, yeah. he's do and he's doing Archie, and I'm I'm Edith. So uh, just just make sure to have your volume down low a little bit when I start to get to that. And it knew who you were then because I I, I do it like Edith. Like when when they had oh that, boy when they had that episode where they had um, Woody Harrelson and Marissa Tomei doing Archie and Edith oh, yeah. like a live show. Yeah. Um, and they sang the theme song and I was watching it and I'm like I can do Edith better than her. And somebody was like really. And I linked to the video, and they're like, "Oh my God, you can!" So, <laughs> but um, I'm not going to do it on the show right now. I'm going to make anybody listening go to YouTube.com/slash/NerdyDan.com and listen to it there. And you can like and subscribe to that channel as well because I need more subscriptions. Because for some reason, YouTube has uh, you know just to subscribe to uh, Liberal Dan on YouTube as well because they've they've become ridiculous with the rules on how you can monetize videos over there. And I was getting to the point where I was about to be monetized with the liberal Dan channel. And then they were like, Nope, now you need a thousand subscribers and 
4,000 hours of listens every month, every year before you even start to get monetized. And I'm like, Ugh. and so I stopped putting more effort into that because I didn't see it getting to that point anywhere in the near future. So I do need to make some more mm. YouTube videos. Anyway, let's go ahead. I'm going to thank you for your call. We did, we did go super long on this one, but um, you know, do you have any parting thoughts before we go to the next commercial break? And then I need to talk about Roberts and that ruling before we end for the day. So any final, yeah. final points oh. on, on this topic? Yeah, no, yeah, just just that anybody out there listening to me, you hear you, there's there's shows all over this, uh, uh, there's the you know podcasts all out there, and and you've got the freedom fighters and the whole thing. Don't buy into that crap. I mean, go out there, vote for Joe Biden. I mean, he may not be the best choice at this point. Again, Democrats need some help, but you know, I mean, Donald Trump is uh, is the the epitome of the, he's an antichrist. He's the epitome of destruction of uh, 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 of what the right has become in this country. And if he goes any further, there isn't going to be a country left. You know, so you know, let's just try to get it back together and stop listening to these foolish people because what they're saying about you know taking away your freedom. Uh, is a bunch of crap. There are people who are just trying to make common sense about, you know, what's going on, like you talked about with the masks and and things like that. That's all they're trying to do and not killing people, you know, uh, with our police force and so forth. It's not about trying to take your freedoms away from you. And, you know, it it, it just becomes stupid. And they're going to try to work into the minutia and and grab anything they can to try them to make that argument. So, you know, Tucker Carlson can get the ratings again, you know, because he's, he's got no chance at it. Otherwise, you know what I'm saying? That's his only chance. So anyway, I say, I say, oh, hold on. I cut you off. Hold on. Go ahead. Finish up. No, okay. I just said, thanks for, thanks for having me. That's all. Oh, it's my pleasure. You have a good rest of your week and stay healthy. Uh, we are going to take the last commercial break and come back and talk about the uh, Roberts ruling. Uh, bringing boy, he was back in the chat room. Welcome back to the show uh, in the chat. And ask if you use it is the left button towards abortion. It is. And we can talk about that after the break. 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. One progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family. Because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Day and Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, yeah. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life, talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, 
fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear, and no one else will. <laughs> Catch you on the tune. Would you like to support Liberal Dan Radio? Would you like a shout-out on the podcast or the minicast? Would you like to purchase advertising or sponsor a bit like Hypocrite of the Week or Words of Redneck Wisdom? You can even sponsor the whole hour. Then become a Liberal Dan Patreon. You can help me grow my audience, and for a limited time, first-hour advertisers will lock in their rates for the life of the podcast. Head on over to patreon.com slash liberaldan and support the show today. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. And it's 914-803-4131. I believe you can also join us with Skype if you're logged into the Blog Talk radio page. You can join us in the chat room on the episode page as well. And if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on the show thread at liberaldan.com, facebook.com, slash liberaldan, or at liberaldan radio on Twitter. So, yeah, we had, I was talking about the, uh, the, the supposed Save America first. I think that rally is going to probably have in the tens of people. Um, I don't think it's going to be, I would love to show up, but I don't know if I'm going to feel like driving all the way to Baton Rouge just so I can sit in my car and watch 30 white people pissing about the fact that they can't, uh, they have to wear masks or they're being told to wear masks and uh, they can't understand why black lives matter implies a should or a two and not an only. Um, so we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what we do. Maybe I'll go and take some, I, I, if, if, if there was a, if there was a place that I, the place that I would want to visit in Baton Rouge, if that place was open, and I could pick up some food there to go. Uh, that might be a reason for me to head on that way, but I don't think I think I think maybe one or two media outlets might cover it and get some get some information for everybody about what's going on with it. So it might not be necessary for me to go and I just, especially because again, my wife is immunocompromised, so I want to limit my exposure to the outside people to as little as possible. Um, anyway, so final topic of the show of the day. Um, we, we talked about uh, the press uh, press secretary and how ridiculous she is. We talked about uh, the Save America rally and and how uh, it was confirmed that the uh, individuals who are involved with it are dating and I was surprised to hear that and it's also you know they've they've actually said the date it's July 4th outside the governor's mansion I played the uh, the ad for it um, so and then you know but early on in the show at some point you know I was talking about Roberts and and I, I couldn't find the exact episode where this audio sits so maybe I'll have to dig deeper to find that I thought I listened to it. I thought I would have found it in one of these two particular episodes that I found. Unfortunately, it was not found there. At least what I heard. Uh, and I'll say, I might not listen to every minute though. Uh, so maybe I skipped over it. Uh, the thing is that with justice Roberts, uh, I was saying that I was thinking, and maybe it was more of a hoping than a thinking that on, on the, some of these cases, 
I think I did it especially after the Affordable Care Act ruling with Roberts when he ruled that it was a, a tax. The, the, the mandate basically amounted to a tax. Um, and it was sometime after that, but I don't remember exactly when it was. I think it was a little bit later than that. And, and I said that I think there are going to be some conservatives who are going to be disappointed with John Roberts uh, because he is going to, he may be the one that actually tells the truth, at least in part, about his respect for the idea of stare decisis, i.e. the idea that there are certain things that get ruled on that are settled law, and that it, it takes a lot to make you want to go back and revisit previous rulings. Now, obviously, stare decisis is something that's perfect. Uh, it's not something that, that is a hard, fast rule. Otherwise, we wouldn't have Brown versus Board of Education. Uh, without Brown versus Board of Education, we wouldn't have overturned Plessy versus Ferguson. Uh, so you have bad rulings that lead that, that have to be at some point overturned. And, and it was the opinion of the minority in the court of the four, Kavanaugh, uh, Gorsuch, uh, Alito, and Thomas, that uh, Roe v. Wade should be revisited. Um, but in, in this case, I was thinking that Roberts would be somebody who – I don't understand how Pink Boy says that Roberts was in Obama's back pocket. I mean, Roberts was named by Bush. How would Roberts then be put in the back pocket of, of Obama? I don't, I don't see any – any. Uh, there was some tension there between um, Obama and – maybe it was between Obama and Alito. But there was some tension between the court when they made other rulings that went against the Obama administration. Hell, they made rulings that, like, that, that the Democrats had to – pushed through when they when they briefly had 60 votes uh, like the Ledbetter Fair Pay Act uh, because when Lily Ledbetter uh, versus Goodyear Tire was ruled on uh, I mean this is an example where the court did not listen to stare decisis because and it was the Roberts court uh, because there was previous uh, there was a previous ruling that stated that the clocks should start ticking when you find out about the discrimination not when the discrimination actually happened so somebody's paying a discriminatory wage it's not the point where you find it it's not the point where you where you start getting paid that discriminatory wage but that it was the point where you found out about getting paid the discriminatory wage that's why we needed the little letter but fair pay act because the supreme court ruled that despite the previous supreme court ruling that the first payment of the of the discriminatory wage is when the clock started ticking and basically required people psychic uh, to have uh, to be clairvoyant Guess when they're going to be an unfair wage, which is harder because employers make it so that you know you're violating some breach of ethics if you share what your salary is with the other coworkers. In reality, maybe workers should share what their wage. A better understanding. I've seen stories where a woman was told by her male counterpart, "This, hey, this is what I'm getting paid. I saw what you're getting paid. It's less. You need to go fight for that because you deserve more." And she did, and that she did. She did find out, and she did get paid more because she pushed for it, and she got what she deserved. But, again, there is wage discrimination that happens in this country, and it happened, and, and so that's why you needed this Lily Ledbetter Fair Pay Act. Uh, otherwise, you'd have the Lily Ledbetter versus Goodyear Tire ruling hanging over them, which basically, again, requires uh, people who are getting paid discriminatory wages to be psychic about that fact. So, 
you had um, he bring up what he did acknowledge that um, Roberts was a Bush appointee. And the reason I remember that. I mean, I am a political junkie, I would guess, so maybe I would know that that way. But the nomination <clears throat> process, there were ads being run to uh, push a so-called up or down vote on um, on Roberts, was evacuated for Hurricane Katrina. And I remember being very angry at that point because I was like, you're spending money on this crap. There are people who are dying in the Superdome. There are people who are dying in the convention center. There are people who have fled to all parts of the country a lot of which were in Houston, like myself, and you're sitting here spending money on this stupid ad. I, I was livid about that ad. That's why I remember. <clears throat> that's why I remember uh, that particular thing. So anyway, but getting back to the point, uh, Roberts, I, I was I was very much sure that, or maybe it was just hopeful, but I I, I believed that conservatives were going to be upset on abortion rulings. And this is why it was very important to uh, very, very important for liberals to make sure that Trump gets defeated this time around because you don't know how long Ginsburg's going to last. And I, I don't, I didn't think that the Supreme court would overrule uh, Roe v. Wade period with Roberts on the court because I believe that he would consider it settled law. And what proved that to me was his vote here in the June medical services ruling, which was the Louisiana law. Now the Louisiana law that I, I was baffled when Louisiana even tried to pass this law because I figured it was a waste of time because, because they'd already ruled the court had already ruled that, the Texas law that which was nearly identical to the Louisiana law was unconstitutional, placed on due burden on people trying to get an abortion. So it didn't know there was no practical purpose for it. There was, there was not a, a class of people who this, this was helping and it was only basically working as a de facto ban of abortion specific areas of the state. And if this ever and if this is allowed to pass in Louisiana, allowed to be the law in Louisiana, you would go, I think, from four or five clinics down to one. And, but again, the, and, and ignoring the ridiculousness of, of these admitting privileges laws, because if there, it's rare that an emergency happens in the case of an abortion, and if an emergency happens in the case of an abortion, you can call an ambulance, and, and you can't deal with it at the, at the, at the clinic, you can call an ambulance and get that person to the emergency room, and it would be just as fast as if that doctor had admitting privileges. And the emergency doctor, the emergency room doctor, could admit the patient because they would have admitting privileges. Why on earth? There's no practical reason why you would require an abortion doctor to have admitting privileges at any hospital except to make it harder for abortions to take place. And so the law was transparent. And here's the thing. In the case with the Texas law, it was five to three. And the fifth one was Kennedy. And the three were Rob, because Scalia had died pretty recently. The three were Alito, Thomas, and Roberts. Roberts felt, <coughs> excuse me, that the law was not an undue burden. So here comes the law again. 
and they're making the same arguments again to the Supreme Court as to why this should be allowed. Roberts is basically like, this is the same law that the court looked at before. The court reached this ruling. I'm following what the court says. So even though he wrote, he was involved and agreed with the dissent on the Texas law case. Um, oh, I, even though he dissented on the Texas law case, he upheld what he believed to be the correct thing, which was Supreme Court precedent. So it's not really a 5-4 ruling. It's a 4-1-4 ruling where the one concurs with the five, but for different reasoning, I suppose. I guess he doesn't want to be on board with that. Um, Maybe. I don't know. Um, Even like this article that was written, Chief Justice Restores Casey Standard Even While Undermining Women's Interest in Louisiana. So um, June Medical Services was seemed straightforward, challenged admitting privileges to requirement in Louisiana, um, the same as the same law struck down women's health just four years ago. Uh, basic hallmark of justice is that courts treat like cases alike. Stare decisive dictates that the Louisiana law be found unconstitutional too. John Roberts replaced Justice Kennedy's fifth vote, striking down the law, and we call it a day. But and here's what she says: June medical is not as simple. Although five members of the court struck down the Louisiana law is nearly identical. Um, Justice Stephen Breyer's plurality opinion, resting as it does on its own majority opinion in whole women's health, is not the one that governs the case. Rather, in yet another fragmented abortion decision, Roberts joins plurality in reaffirming the determination of whole women's health as to admitting privileges law at issue, even as he corrects whole women's health misinterpretation of Planned Parenthood versus Casey undue burden standard. And because Roberts' concurrence rests on narrower grounds than the plurality does, his endorsement of Casey's substantial obstacle test, which the four dissenting justices also support, will will govern abortion regulations going forward. So basically, um, you, you had the, the the dissenting four. He agreed with the dissenting four in part. So even though the Louisiana law got taken down. Um, you would still have to use the endorsement of the substantial obstacle test. Uh, both Whole Women's Health and June Medical, the Supreme Court reviewed state laws, um, which required 30 miles within the clinic. You'd have to have admitting privileges. Uh, in both cases, Breyer asserted that Casey requires courts to compare the benefits and burdens of the law. Um, and that any, anything that is an undue burden on women's ability to, proceed, to procure abortions. Uh, lower courts had begun to read in Casey's balancing test enabling courts to strike down abortion regulations, even if they did not, in Casey's words, quote, have the purpose or effect of presenting a substantial obstacle to a woman seeking an abortion, claiming that this novel approach was required by Casey. Uh, Breyer found that admitting, admitting privileges statutes in both cases were unconstitutional because their benefits to women's health were minimal compared to their burdens and because they resulted in a, quote, substantial obstacle to abortion access. Uh, Thomas dissented in Women's Whole Health, the Texas case, um, uh, Casey's standard review focuses on if the disputed law creates a substantial obstacle to women's abortion access while otherwise granting wide discretion to state and federal legislatures in mental health and safety. Um, so basically what, what ha- happened was um, the uh, whole women's health, I guess, made it easier to protect 
women's rights, and maybe the majority here still set a precedent in that, or the conservative majority set a precedent that, uh, you know, maybe future laws might be upheld under this standard, and that's one of the things I was worried about with this ruling, is that while it knocked down the stupid law, it may have opened a little bit of the door at most, um, but it, in, in, in the short term, at least, we have the victory. Um, some even criticize women protective regulations as targeted regulation enforcement providers. Ruth Bader Ginsburg referred to them as such in her Whole Women's Health concurrence. It is striking down these laws uh, in Whole Women's Health and now in June Medical. It is, it is rather the Supreme Court that has carved out an exception just for abortion providers, after all, in the same relationship with area hospice, every other doctor performs outpatient surgery. They wish to bring abortion regulations in line with other medical care, um, blah, blah, blah. But again, it puts a substantial burden, and that's ultimately why it failed. So good news, briefly, um, potentially bad news. But, you know, we as liberals need to make sure that if Ginsburg does decide that she wants to retire in the next term, uh, that she is allowed to do so and be replaced by somebody who Biden appoints and not somebody who Trump appoints. Um, Notorious RBG, according to Bring a Boy, has at least 10 more years she's a fighter. Oh, I wish. But you know what? I really would also wish that if if she has the opportunity to resign, if, if, let's say, Biden wins and gets a a Democratic Senate that can pass her, uh, pass on the next nomination without dealing with any sort of filibustering because the filibuster is dead for judicial nominations. Thank you both sides of the aisle for being idiots on that point. But hopefully Biden will get to replace Ginsburg with somebody and Ginsburg can enjoy the remaining parts of her years not having to worry about any of this crap anymore. I don't want her to have to work herself to death. She's, I think she's done more than enough service to her country that she should be able to, A, retire, and B, be replaced by somebody who follows in her footsteps. So um, why can't we just go back to child labor that can cut the abor- cut the abor- – I'm not sure what you mean by that. <laughs> I don't know how – well, we got rid of child labor because of unions, if we want to go back to last week. Um, anyway, so – but it, the short of it all is that I called it my to pat myself on the back. I had an astute observation about Justice Roberts and was correct. So yay me, hurrah! Anyway, uh, that is going to be the end of this episode of Liberal Dan Radio. Um, I will be back next week, same time. Uh, we're coming up at the end of this. If you want to call it seasons, this is the uh, coming up. This month is the last of this season eight of liberal band radio and next month will be season nine of liberal band radio if you can believe it nine years of liberal dan radio anyway so until next week you can follow me at liberal dan radio on twitter facebook.com slash liberal dan liberal dan.com support me patreon.com slash liberal dan and also listen to the anchor minicast anchor.fm slash liberal dan as well shouts out to Demonox and to my little bro Nimbus Yoke, the host of most first podcasts. This is Little Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right.